0: Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace, thank God it's Friday, with, thank God it's Monday. With me is my co-host, a man who can literally teach sales with one hand tied behind his back, Darren Cecil. Filling in for Darren, the amazing, and Bonnie. And what are we going to talk about today?
1: Well, I thought it would be good to think about and discuss the difference between judgment, observation, and curiosity.
0: That's a terrible idea.
1: Okay, well, what I uh Dave, what do you want? Well, it was your idea.
0: That doesn't mean it's a good one.
1: <laughs> Noted.
0: So did I judge that harshly?
1: I I think you did. I think you need to be more curious about the idea and investigate and be, again, observe the possibility rather than judging the idea, which is, you know, I mean, it's talking about going into interaction with your clients, with uh, with your teams, and really being, observing and being curious rather than judging immediately. I think it gives you a more open mind.
0: Yeah. And let's clarify here for a second. Um, although I, I don't want to insult any of our listeners out there by making a judgment about them. And I think it makes sense to at least clarify our terms. So we're not judging. What we're really talking about is um, labeling something they say as either good or bad, right or wrong.
1: Which is interesting because you and I are in the same mastermind group and we did that exercise where she said, Monica said to judge, like pick an item in the room and just judge it. And my immediate brain went to the negative. But when we judge something as positive, we're judging it as well.
0: Yeah. It's very important to do that because sometimes we judge things as positive, which doesn't allow us to look for the unintended negative consequences.
1: Hello, my entire romantic career.
0: We're going to leave that one on the table. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll do that on another podcast.
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I know somebody. She's a relationship expert. She has entirely a entirely different You could show. do it on hers.
1: <laughs> no, but it's true. But this, you know, we think of judgment as negative, but sometimes our overly positive judgments can be detrimental as well. It's funny,
0: and actually, you Let's talk about relationships and and my wife and I, when we were dating and we've been married, uh, it will be 25 years in May. So, you know, that's a pretty significant amount of time. It's a good number. And and unlike some people, and this is not judgmental, you know, we didn't meet and get married three days later.
1: Dude, we were in Vegas. It's what you do, right? No.
0: (laughs) Stays in Vegas. For the record folks
1: that didn't happen. (laughs) And besides, when you
0: get married in Vegas, it doesn't stay in Vegas. It
1: doesn't count. You take it home,
0: right? And and remember, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So, for,
1: for the record, audience, as far as I know, I've never been married in Vegas.
0: As as far as she can remember.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: At any rate, um, you know. So, and I don't remember what prompted this, but we went to a, to a counselor, and what she, had, her counsel, advised to us was not the normal and i remember she said she goes normally she sees people and she says well we'll, you know who are are having um relationship issues is stopping you think about the things you have in common right and and that's a fairly common common twice but that's you know it's a fairly common for us it was stop and think about the things that you don't have in common right because we were we were talking all the time about all the stuff we got along and 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 it was like it was like we were like two of the same people Mm -hmm. and we're not and we compliment each other. They said, 25 years, we've got it figured out and we're still working on it because that's, it never stops. My point here is that we had judged ourselves as being really compatible. And so we were blinded to some areas and, and you know, eventually, like I said, we we looked at them, we dealt with them and you we know, were, I love my wife, dearly. I wouldn't trade her in for anybody or, or nothing, you know, I wouldn't, it's, it's, th- this is it. But that was a situation where a good judgment, a positive judgment blinded both of us to some potential areas that probably bit us in the tail shortly thereafter.
1: Sure. And and it's all in, you know, with good intent to make the relationship work. And we do this with the people we work with as well. We want to make sure that we're making it work, that we're thinking positive thoughts, but often that means that we're not dealing with the conflict that we have or the challenges that we're having in the, in the relationship, whether it's romantic or professional or whatever.
0: In fact, I'm I'm now reminded of a story and I I tell this in, in, um, some of my trainings and was in an old keynote when I went to work for priority moving. And one of the gentlemen who was, uh, and by the way, folks, what I'm about to say, he's well aware of, this is not like hidden from him at all, but he grew up in a part of San Diego that was uh, less than affluent, extremely less than affluent. He was a gangbanger, former gangbanger. And he had gotten his life together long before I met him. He had gone to a, a boot camp out in the desert type of thing. And, and, but at this point in his life, you know, he's uneducated. I think he had a sixth grade education. He used to be, he used to work on a truck. Like a lot of the people who worked inside, he had worked on the truck, got injured, they moved him inside. And so now he was a, what we call the move coordinator, inside sales, think about it. And, you know, he has the whole ghetto patois thing going on, you know, yo word, what it is. We did a lot of high end moves. I mean, we did, uh, like, for example, just as an example, we moved one family, they had a collection of 15th century Russian icon paintings. Ooh. Right. We did a move where the pack out from the house took six days, and I think we had a crew of six or eight movers packing. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we did, you know, we did four bedroom, two bedroom apartments too, but we did a lot of high-end moves and and he was on the phone talking to these people, yo, word. And I remember just thinking, oh my God, I can't believe we're letting him talk. And and the result was it blinded me to his strengths because I will tell you, as I got to know him and I realized how smart he is, how dedicated he is, right, that I would take I, I, if I could clone him, I would put an entire company of him together. It was, he's was just that kind of guy. And, but I had to get past my own internal judgment. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And, and oftentimes this is the whole social conversation around bias, right? These are things that we, we, that end up in our heads, but aren't necessarily malicious, but really get in the way of us seeing who the people really are.
0: Now, having said this, and I, we, we, we want to move on to, okay, so we don't judge. How do we replace that? Do you see a place for judgment in the world?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's unavoidable. Um, I think as long as our judgments are studied, that they're intentional, that we're really we're making the observation first, to really be able to see whether something is good or bad. Because ultimately, when you think about the judgments, perhaps that your clients on the other end of the phone at Priority Moving we're making. That could have impacted the business. Now, it doesn't mean this, he's a bad guy. It just means the judgment on that method of talking in a customer service situation may have impacted business in a negative way, which, doesn't, which just means it's something that we may want to deal with.
0: Right. And I'm glad you said that because so many people say, oh, don't, don't judge, don't judge. I think we do have to judge. There are situations which call for judgment. I- sure. Adolf Hitler comes to mind, you know,
1: I judged him a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the world judged him. Yeah. Yep.
0: And I, but I think your point is really valid is that unless forced to prematurely because something really horrendous happens that you, forces you to act, wait until you understand something fully. There's a great book by Robert Heinlein written 1961 called Stranger in a Strange Land. not going too into depth about it. You know, it's uh, the, the main character was brought up on a different planet and they have this concept they called grokking, which is understanding to the point where of like knowing with every fiber of your being and it's you don't do anything until grokking is full. And I think what that really means is just truly understand something to the depth of it. And then I think it's OK to make a judgment. This is for me. It isn't for me. It's good. It's bad. There is good and bad in the world. There is evil. It does exist. And we don't always know it when we see it.
1: Right. And, and the key is to make sure you're observing first. And that was the second part of the exercise that we did at that mastermind group, where after we were done judging that item that we had picked, Monica said, okay, now just observe it. And it was a really interesting, you know, exercise because you looked at something and just, you started to see a lot more to it. When you just started to observe, and I I challenge everybody in the audience to try it. You know, first sit and judge something. I had picked, I think, the rug that was in the room. And so I judged it. It was like, oh, I don't like those colors together. Oh, that chimney. Oh, there's this. And oh, it's kind of dirty. And I kind of like that part. But then once I observed it, I started thinking about the person who had made the rug and all the effort that went into it and the person that picked it out and, you know, where it maybe was made and, oh, with those shapes, it may be an Aztec rug or whatever. And it was just such a more interesting, insightful exercise when I was observing it.
0: Well, what's interesting to me is what you just described, you actually want one step past observing to curiosity. Well, that's true. Yep. And 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 I do want to hold off on curiosity because I think that's really valuable as well. But I know for me, when we did that exercise, and I believe the f- first time I did this, I was looking at my um, water bottle. And I remember when I was judging, I was since I had flown on a plane to get there I didn't have my normal top which is one where I could just open it and close it this was one had a little latch on it so I could hook it up to something and you know won't disappear on me and I had to unscrew it all the way in order to drink from it and I remember thinking god this is stupid this is bad one, you know, so that was judgment you know i wish this was better sort of thing and then when i was observing it i started noticing things about the water bottle i had never seen before i started markings on it and little subtle things um and and i kept remember i kept wanting to judge them I'm like look well, just observe just observe just observe you know and you know then the the second time we did the exercise is when we added curiosity i remember the first time it was just observation, judgment observation.
1: Curiosity just changed
0: everything.
1: Right. And when we apply that to the people that are around us, both the observation and the curiosity, it it opens up the relationship to so much possibility that if we were just in judgment, we'd never be there.
0: Yeah. So again, and let's 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 talk about persuasion here for a second, since that is the title of the podcast. Because oh yeah, this, that's right. You know, bad girl. I'm sorry. That was a judgment. Um, <laughs> but seriously, I, I'm going to go back to the, to the situation with um, my employee, who a coworker, who I judged initially, and what happened was so. was my job as VP to improve things, right? That's what managers do. It's a, it's constant change for the, hopefully for the better. And in my case, I think we succeeded there. And every time I came up with a new thing, whether it was a new script for answering the phone or a script, we didn't have a script. So I wanted people answering the phone the same way. I wanted customers to get the exact same experience every time. And I also wanted to send some messages to people who are calling in that we can help them or about help or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we created this script that worked under every circumstance. And we, we practiced it. We practiced it. We practiced it. And I had people, this is, and then we recorded conversations and I'd listen in and then I'd give them feedback when they didn't follow the script and they'd give me their excuses for not following the ex- script. And I'd show them why what they said didn't hold water. Like what well,
1: <laughs> I would tell them why I was right.
0: <laughs> and sure. bottom line was I got a lot of resistance and, and this guy was a leader and has I learned as he went. So everybody else went. And he fought me every new person, not just this, every new procedure he fought me one day he showed up. And I think I've told this story before he showed up and, you know, he had loosened up to the point where he was, I think we liked each other. He was joking and laughing around me. He was comfortable. Right. He wasn't all uptight about me because I wasn't the new guy anymore. Right. And, he reverted back to what I thought was old behavior. And I thought it was a bad attitude, right? Which is a judgment folks. When you think somebody has a bad attitude, that is a judgment words like good, bad. Those are judgment words and attitude. We don't know what somebody's attitude is. We only know what their behaviors are. Yes. And so I made a conscious effort to say, okay, I'm not going to judge. I'm just going to observe when you observe. We now we talk about behaviors because those are things you can observe. See, hear, hear. Sometimes smell, right, touch Th- those are observations, things we take in with our senses or five senses. So when I spoke to him, I didn't talk about the bad attitude he had. I-, I talked about the change in behaviors, the fact that he wasn't joking, he wasn't engaging in the banter like he normally did. He was looking down, his face was sort of you know frowning, and he had a sullen what I interpreted to be a sullen look, and I asked him what was going on. His daughter. Was just diagnosed with lupus. Ugh. Think about what that conversation would have been like. Had I just attacked him for having a bad attitude, right? Because I observed, I got the information I needed, right? And I was curious, what's going on? Yeah. Right? Why, right. why? Why is your behavior markedly different? Found that out, and, and to shorten the story, I was he didn't he wasn't on our insurance policy. By the end of the day he was. After that, he embraced every new idea. I don't mean he didn't challenge me if he saw flaws in it because he knew that was welcome, but he didn't fight me tooth and nail. He was more open.
1: Because you didn't inflict your judgment. And I always say this, as you're giving people feedback, Give feedback on behavior, on your observations, not on your judgments of the observation. Because again, you're giving that person the benefit of the doubt that they're, they're, it's assuming positive intent, right? It's, here's what I'm seeing. I'd love to know what's going on. And one of the lines that I use is, I don't always know, I don't know all the information. There's maybe something that I don't know here. I'm just, this is what I'm seeing.
0: Yeah. And I would be cautious. Don't even say assume positive intent, because that's a judgment as well.
1: Okay, fair right? enough.
0: But just, but just come at it from a place of neutrality. And this is where the curiosity comes in. What's going on? Why? If I wasn't curious, I'd have lost a really great guy. Right. And our success at that company, I guarantee,
1: you,
0: would not have been what it was.
1: And so, as you think about your leadership, persuading somebody to follow you is a lot more effective when you come at it from that place of curiosity, when you come at the relationship from a place of observation rather than judgment. I love it.
0: Yeah. And the same thing happens in sales. How many salespeople do you know who might judge something? In fact, at the same company, we had another customer service rep who thought our storage rates were too high. Now, you know, everyone's familiar with self-storage where you load it in yourself into this garage, you know, or, or garage for rent. In a moving company, we actually have these crates, these five by seven by seven wooden crates. Think, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: and that's Right. And that's what our warehouse looks like with these crates piled upon each other. And it's not easy to get into them, but you can if need be. And we have some liability for damage because we load it in, we unload it. So- The value proposition between that versus self-storage is completely different. And they have to serve two different needs. She didn't get that and judge us too expensive. And so she was directing people to a self-storage facility that forget about the fact that it cost us money, didn't always meet their needs. And didn't have the security per se and, you know, the protection and a lot of other things because she was making a judgment about what they could or couldn't afford. Yep. That's probably the most common judgment I see in sales. That's a mistake. Oh, they can't afford this.
1: Right. And people also make, you know, I mean, judgments right now about COVID. A lot of our speaker friends are making judgments that companies don't have a budget for virtual presentations, for virtual training. And, you know, they make that judgment. And so they don't try to get the gigs. And so they don't get the gigs, you know, and it's a similar thing. You're either steering your clients wrong or you're not even going for the business that could be there for your company.
0: Or you're judging that it has to be virtual when the company may be open to in-person. Right. Which right now versus a year ago, there's a lot more people who are just fed up with the, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the yep. two-dimensional world.
1: I've got an in-person on Thursday. And I said, you know, there's a chance you'll go virtual. He's like, no. <laughs> We're tired of it. We're not doing it. Get your butt to Toledo. I'm like, okay,
0: <laughs> right? It's funny. I had that last last year. This time it was it was a de- December first gig, and up until a month beforehand, that was exactly what. And then a month beforehand, it was like, yeah, no, guess what? We have to pivot to virtual. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it happened. And that's another problem, by the way, with judgments, folks. Is is you know, sometimes you box yourself into a corner.
1: Yep, and they don't allow for flexibility. And for that curiosity.
0: Yeah. Yep. yep. And so I guess what our message is, if you want to be, have greater influence and be able to persuade people, whether it's in sales or in leadership, suspend your judgment until you have all the information. And that's not enough information. That's all the information.
1: Well, and write your judgment in pencil because stuff changes. Yes. Leave room in the margins for continued observation. Yeah. And put
0: big spaces between the words so you can insert modifiers.
1: And get a red pen so that you can like make it stand out. So when you're editing the document, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, but it's true. And that continued observation is also important because one of the things we've talked about recently is sometimes we freeze people especially people, but situations we can freeze as well. And we don't allow for things to change. Once we've observed, we've gotten the information, we've made the judgment, we freeze it there. And nothing in this world is concrete.
0: No, and while it's true, a leopard doesn't change its spots, that doesn't mean the spots don't get modified. Right. And and sometimes people do have, you know, big epiphanies or some uh, significant emotional, um, event that can completely change their paradigm. Yeah. And, well,
1: or it's possible your judgment wasn't completely accurate from the beginning.
0: Right. So be open to that. Yeah. But there are times to judge people and be yep. open to that.
1: And same thing with clients too. You know, we talk about sales. I, I just know that I had one client for a long time and they did a lot of work with me and I was so grateful. And at first they were kind of a challenge. And so every time I got on the call, I was like, oh boy, here we go. This is gonna be a pain in the butt. And finally, I I got off a call one time and I was like, that was kind of awesome. That was easy. Why am I judging this and making it such a negative experience for myself and possibly for them um, when they're actually being pretty awesome? So yeah.
0: Wow. That just opens up a whole nother door. So first, first uh, along similar lines, I remember when I was in telecom and I would, uh, you know, I'm a cold calling machine. I've said that before. I've, I've been that way since I got into professional sales. I'm not saying it was easy back then. I just forced myself to do it and it got easier digression there, digression alert, digression alert. And I remember many occasions where I would pick up the phone and and talk to somebody and they'd set an appointment, but I'd get off the phone thinking, Oh, this is going to suck. Because they were <laughs> short and abrupt and right. So those are observations. Yep. Right. They were short, they were abrupt. They weren't, you know, I got no no connection whatsoever over the phone. And then I'd go and meet with them and I'd be girded for battle. Cause I'm like, this is just gonna stay. And they were like the warmest, nicest people, and we would just like mesh like nobody's business. And after a couple of times, I remember thinking. They say you can't judge a book by its cover. You can't even judge it by the little audio sound, bite you get on the phone because you just never know until
1: you yep. meet somebody. Same thing with email. They might be just being very efficient and it seems to you like, ugh, they're curt, they're not polite, they're not pleasant. And then you end up getting around them. And you're like, oh my God, they're lovely. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. And, and we talked about that when we did our, our, our email uh, program a couple, three, four weeks ago, whatever it was. So absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's one of the big problems with email which by the way, folks, another place not to judge, to be sorry. Think about air, all the areas we start judging people. Right. And, you know, that's another one, right? The email is like, Oh God, this email. Oh my God. Right. That's terrible. You have no idea. You have no right. idea what's going in their head. You have no idea how what's going on in your head is affecting what you're reading.
1: Yep. And the tone of voice that they're writing it in. Yeah, totally. Got to watch out for those judgments, the snap judgments, right?
0: Yeah. And that doesn't mean there aren't occasions when you need to judge something really quickly. And if you have to, you have to. Right. That's, I think the most interesting thing about life, I'm going to wax a little philosophical here, though, is, is the dichotomies that exist like that, where, mm. you know, two seemingly opposite ideas can coexist simultaneously and both mm-hmm. be equally valid.
1: So what's a situation that requires a snap judgment?
0: So I, right, I was uh, I was driving in a parking lot of a of a strip mall on my way someplace. Uh, traffic was stopped, uh, like like not. I mean, like what's going on? And I look up ahead, and I see an older gentleman, probably about six one or so, and a young teenage kid on a skateboard, and a truck parked, and they're getting at each other. And I see the older guy shove. The young kid. I judged that as a bad situation that could get a lot worse. Threw my car and parked, ran up there as quickly as I could, and intervened. Um by the way, folks, I'm 5'8 and <laughs> and intervened and, and and the situation got diffused, and we all went and parked, and then um about 10 minutes later I'm in the store. I hear the door chime, and I look, and guess who walked in.
1: The Six older one. gentleman
0: who mm. by the way, I ended up having to get physical with him oh not 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 terribly, terribly physical, but my body intentionally parts of my body intentionally made contact with parts of his body to back him off from this young kid mm. and um you know, so now he's in his store with me, and there's little doubt because it, it was a, it was a radio shack. So gives you just how long ago this was.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> It was a radio shack. The odds were he didn't come to this strip mall for radio shack. And he came looking for me. And then he apologized to me. Right. So
1: yep. scene one,
0: cause for snap judgment. Yep. Scene two, and I was prepared. No judgment required, right? Because my judgment would have been wrong.
1: Right. Leaving that judgment open for like
0: right. moving right. the spots. Yeah, let's, right. Because somebody else could have judged that and going on the offensive right away.
1: Mm-hmm, right. And had you been like, dude, what are you doing in here? Why do you start putting parts of your body in contact with parts of his body again? It could have gone the exact opposite way. Had you stuck to that judgment, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, but- Again, I think everyone, you would agree that an initial uh, contact required a snap judgment.
1: Yep. And I guess
0: the last piece of this then is own your own stuff. In other words, be accountable for whatever judgment you make. Mm-hmm. And if it's a bad judgment, own it. Mm-hmm.
1: Own it, shift it, and move forward from there. Yeah. We know better, we do better.
0: Yeah just take responsibility.
1: Yep. And move forward. I think that's a good place for us to end this. I love it. I love it, Dave. And, and I encourage everybody to do that exercise. Just pick something in the room, judge it for a couple, like for a minute or two, and then pick something and just observe it. Just observe things about it and then get curious. And it's fascinating exercise.
0: The same object, right? Don't yeah, pick an object. object. Yep. Pick an object. I don't care what it is. Judge it, put it down, sort of shake your head for a second, then pick it up and observe it. Shake it off. When you're done the observing, put it down, shake it off, and then pick it up and be curious. Observe it with curiosity. Because what you'll find in that last piece, by the way, and I know when we did this, it was a shame. I started things that I had judged as ugly. I started wondering why they were done that way. And then I thought, hmm wonder, you know, and then all of a sudden you start going with, how can I use that information?
1: You'll learn a whole lot more that way.
0: Yeah. So, folks, don't judge us. Just listen.
1: <laughs> or judge us is good. That's okay, too.
0: We're, we're, we're comfortable <laughs> either way. And, and let us know what you, how you judge us. Send us a line. Would love to hear from you. All right. Until next time. See you then. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. My name's Dave Rosenberg. And this is Darren Cecil. Visit our websites at LockedOnLeadership.com or DarrenCecil.com. Follow us on social media. You can find the links in the show notes. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you fail to disarm them.